Hello and welcome to another edition of The Tigers Down Under. I'm your host as always, Alex, and with me this week I have Dan. How are you, Dan? Yeah, pretty good. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. Look, it was a uh, a mixed set of results this week. It was our first defeat of the season against West Ham in the Cup, but we bounced back in the league with a fantastic win. So we'll start with that uh, performance in the League Cup against West Ham. Um, a little bit of controversy before the game actually started with a couple of the West Ham players testing positive to COVID as well as the manager, David Moyes. Um, a little bit surprising or, um, um, I guess, uh, suspect about the fact that the two players were named in the starting 11 and that they received the positive test results pretty soon before kickoff. Um, what did you make of that whole situation and, and whether the game should have gone ahead? Um, yeah, look, I don't know. It's a, it's a, it's a weird one. Um, one which is probably not going to be an isolated incident in the coming months. But uh, look, I, I'm so far away from everything. I guess I just mm. sort of trust that they've that, that they know what they were doing. They made the right call, and that. There's not going to be any fallout from something like this, you know, over the next couple of weeks. Uh, yeah. You know, hope, hopefully, you know, we don't have flare-ups within our our squad or, or even within their own squad. Um, well, like that. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I was going to say, I mean, obviously we played on the weekend, as did West Ham. So it's it's a very far cry from before the lockdown where you had um, Arteta and hudson Adoy testing positive and that basically triggered the entire shutdown of football. So um, it seems we've come a long way in terms of... Um, responsiveness to, to positive COVID tests um, with Moyes pretty much just managing remotely for the uh, the league game on the weekend. Um, on the game itself, um, a 5-1 defeat, Wilkes with a consolation goal late in the piece. Um, you know, on one hand, disappointing that Jared Bowen didn't play, um, which was part of the the, the lure of the, the tie, I suppose. Um, Snodgrass scoring the opening goal for West Ham, um, and a pretty disappointing result, but maybe one that wasn't to be um, unexpected considering the fact that, um, um, you know, West Ham went, went, in with, went in with a pretty strong lineup. Yeah, look, I think um, the result, while disappointing, I think the, I don't think the performance from, from us was particularly poor. We just, we just came up against a, a reasonably class opposition, um, even if they're not going particularly well in the, in the Premier League or whatever, they still they've got a lot uh, stronger depth and, and a higher quality player than we currently have um, within our own playing ranks, and I think that's what sort of counted against us. Yeah, and look, you look at the fact that they beat West Ham four nil on the uh, on the weekend just past, and, and they seem to certainly be building a bit of strength in their ranks. Um, just a, a quick shout out to Darren, who's watching us from Ireland. We're, we're doing well, Darren. Cheers for watching live. Um, we always appreciate live viewers, so th- so thanks for that. Um, uh, I guess um, the main talking point out of our squad was the fact that we did make a few rotations, especially in the defensive part of the ground, uh, and it was um, Long's first start of the season in goal. Um, and, you know, some... Uh, I, I copped a bit of hate on Twitter as well for being a little bit critical of, of his performance at times. And um, I'm sure there'd be some who'd look at it and say, this justifies the fact that Ingram starting in the league, um, you know, Ingram's still yet to concede a goal in the league. 
long conceding five goals in the cup, it's probably a little bit of an unfortunate coincidence. I don't know if Ingram would have done much better against West Ham, but um, how did you view the changes and did you think anyone who came into that League Cup side um, really forced McCann's hand for selection in the league? Um, I was probably a little bit surprised by how many changes were actually made. Um, the, The talk seemed to be that we're wanting to put out just about the strongest team and that not many players would be changed. And then there were, were quite a few. Um, <clears throat> I, I think on long, it's, it's hard to blame him for, for that scoreline. Um, I, you know, whether Ingram in form, you know, maybe it's only four one or something like that, but like, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I think, you know, it's, it's a harsh call to, 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 to say that he's, that he was at fault. I don't think there was any clear cut, any of those goals that were that were clearly his fault um, or that he was at fault for where there have been games previously um, or then towards the end of last season where you could definitely pinpoint moments that goals were scored that came from his errors. Um, yeah. I don't know. Um, I think, I don't know, I think everyone did a good job. But looking back, I can't even really, I can't pinpoint anyone who stood out as being sensational. So I, I guess there's your answer. <laughs> No, fair enough. Um, probably more more to talk about from that Northampton result, and it did make it three wins from three to start the season. And as the uh, title of the podcast suggests, we are rewriting the record books. First time ever in City's history that we've started with three wins and zero goals conceded. So tremendous effort in the league. And we, we've said pre-season, we've said over the first few weeks, McGann had to do a lot of work to win back the supporters after the way last season went. Um, if it was a poor start to the season, his head would be on the chopping block pretty quickly. Um, and he's started the season as well as he could. Um, you could complain that we haven't scored more goals, but I don't think anyone's complaining with the start that we've made. Uh, 2-0 win against Northampton. Um, Adelican on, on debut starts, uh, gets the assist for the second goal. Honeyman just commanding in midfield. And, and once again, a completely commanding team performance from the boys. Yeah, I think what was really pleasing for me was that we had a couple of players out that we would you would say influential players the smallwood the captains out wilkes is out and the guys who came in um you know we still managed to get the job done where i think previously particularly last year with one or two key players out we sort of fell to pieces we seem to have enough um whatever it is team uh, morale bonding whatever solidity that we seem to have we're overcoming those obstacles. Um, I mean, it's, um, it's early days, but um, we're doing a lot better in those in, in that regard. Um, Honeyman's the free kick was beautiful for for Keen Lewis Potter, um, and then a great run, but also a fantastic ball from Adela Kuhn. Um Just I don't even know how he saw saw that pass yeah. to play it, let alone then actually play the play the ball. He's it's very instinctive, a, yeah. Mm, yeah, no, certainly. And and I guess the other talking point or, or the other um, interesting fact of the, the starting 11 was um, Alfie Jones playing in midfield, I guess, because of that smallwood injury. And, and we'll talk in a second about Slater coming in from Chef United, but just bolstering those midfield ranks. But Jones looked quite solid in midfield. Yeah, well, I think we talked about, might have, might have been last week, um, that with, with Maya coming in and Jones and a couple of those guys were a little bit... Um, they could, they could play in a couple of mm. positions across the field, um, a little bit flexible. Um, and I think I made mention that 
you know, Jones could play a midfield, Meyer could play at the top of the top of the thing. And so you had a couple of that gave us a little bit more depth than maybe it looked like we had on um, on paper. And there you go, Smallwood's out. Jones steps into midfield and and does, and had a, has a good game. So um, more power to him. No, absolutely. And and it does look like Emmanuel Elder have slotted in as our first choice fullbacks and, and Ingram is our number one in goal. And um some some great saves again from Ingram in the game um to keep it at to keep it at a clean sheet. Um and, and not much more you can ask from your keeper. I think he's doing a tremendous job. Um surprised me to an extent. I think when he came into the club, it just seemed as if it was very much a depth signing and just someone to to have a senior keeper challenging long, but he's taken his opportunity and run with it. Yeah, no, I think um, he's done. He's done outstanding. He he has waited, waited. He's bided his time. He's been patient, um, and you know he's obviously just been training hard, and he was ready. And the opportunity came, and as you say, he's grabbed it with both hands. And um, you know, I think it's exactly what you need. You do, and you that's you know, that second keeper. Just ha- they have to be ready for that opportunity, and he, and he was. So um, all credit to him. No, absolutely. So, and then we'll just round off the game with um, the, our best three, two, and one from the game. Um, I, I couldn't look past Ingram. I think that you know the body of his work over the first few games of the season, if not his performance in this one, um, was enough to give him best on ground from my point of view. Um, very closely edging out Honeyman, who I thought had a tremendous game running that midfield um, with his his range of passing, his set pieces, and then of course capping it off with that goal just before half time. Uh, was fantastic. And and then on debut, giving the one vote to um, Adelican, who, as you said, that tremendous through ball for Honeyman's goal um, really showed that he's got that creative mind and, and can really help us unlock teams, which is going to be valuable as, as I think as the season progresses and teams might, you know, come to the KCOM and sort of sit back and, and try and defend against us with eight, nine players, having those creative players who can break down defences and find those, find those passes is going to be super valuable. And um, look, it was a really promising debut from him. Um, who were who your um, val- most valuable players on the pitch? Um, look, they're very, very similar. Um, I'm probably just switching Honeyman and Ingram. And then for the one point, it's a f- toss of the coin between Adela Kuhn and Keen Lewis Potter for, for his goal. So, I mean, I'll, I'll probably just stay with the same, but I'll flip Honeyman and Ingram. Fair enough. Um, look, we'll, we'll move on then and um, cover the off-field news of the week. Uh, we've already talked about both of these players, but of course, Adelican joining on loan from Bristol City and then slotting into that starting eleven against um, Northampton. And then the uh, the signing that was um, not not particularly surprising, given that the leak came through about twenty four hours before it was officially announced, was Regan Slater joining from Chef United. And you know, if there's if there's a way to endear yourself to City supporters before you've set foot on the pitch. I think um, reminding us of the fantastic result at Wembley against Chef Wednesday and and how much that means as a Chef United supporter, I think he's uh, well on his way to winning over the supporters. Yeah, look, I think um, it, it was quite an amusing little comment from him, but I think uh, we've had not a bad history with, with recruiting players from Blades. So um, yeah, that's true. Anything like, if he's anything like our last um <clears throat> Chef United player that we signed, um, we might have a bit of fun. Yeah, no, definitely. Look, and, and he's a box-to-box midfielder from all reports. He sounds as if, as you've said, you know, we're doing very well with signing players who are um, flexible, can play in a few different positions. So it sounds like if he's needed to slot in as a more defensive midfielder or a more attacking player, um, he, he's quite flexible in that regard. 
Yeah, um, and and of course Adelican, who who can play, um, you know, out wide. I think he was also playing probably on the point of that midfield as well um, in that first half as well. And so he's he's another one who, who's quite a flexible attacking player. Um, yeah, it's good. It's good to have a bit of flexibility, and I think he showed a little bit of smarts to to just to rot or initiate some of those rotations himself to come inside and play that ball for Honeyman. But um, I think. I think what was one thing that was really impressive was he'd only just like he's had maybe what two days training or something maybe yeah. with the with the team before before starting that game. So um, I think McGann was saying he'd played sixty minutes of an under twenty threes game for Bristol City, and that was that was pretty much the only um, match experience he'd had so far this season. And then yeah, presumably obviously training sessions and that sort of thing. But in terms of um, of actual match conditions, um, it was a pretty impressive performance, all things considered. Yeah, um, I know I wouldn't be able to perform like that if I'd had such a short preparation, but... I'd be blowing up after about 10 minutes, I reckon. <laughs> um, well, well, we'll move on then, and, and we've talked about this player a little bit already, but our player focus for the week is um, George Honeyman, who, um, you know, coming in from, she- uh, from Sunderland um, in 2019, uh, was the captain of Sunderland, made his debut for Sunderland in the Premier League. So he, he had a lot of um, prestige around him as a signing um, for £400,000 as well, so not not a particularly expensive one. And I think he certainly had his moments last season. I think we had episodes of the podcast where he sort of said, look, you know, he, he's a player who is always putting the effort in and you can always see him running around the pitch putting the effort in. And I think at championship level, he just wasn't um, getting the end product that was a reward for that effort. Um, I think he's finding it a lot more at this level. Um, he's been certainly a lot more creative with three assists from the three games so far. His set piece is looking great, uh, capping it off with a goal, of course, on the weekend. Um, but yeah, look, I think he's starting to come on as a signing. And, and, and I guess he's one of those players where at the start of the season, we talked about um, to an extent the logic or, or trying to explain the logic behind McCann saying, you know, sometimes it helps to take a step back to, to move forward, is players like Honeyman who might find their place in the side, get that confidence, get that chemistry with the other players around him, and then if, knock on wood, we are promoted, might then take to the championship a little bit better than he did last time around. But you know, a promising start to a City career. Yeah, look, I think last season was <clears throat> was tough for everyone. Um, so, But I think, I think what's most impressed me about him is is that work ethic he's like nine times out of ten he's the man who's leading the press which mm. is um you know and that lots of effort and he was, he was doing a lot doing a lot of running and he's um and i think his set pieces over the last 12 months have drastically improved he's getting a lot better and a lot more consistent with his deliveries now um than he was 12 months ago um yeah look he's He's certainly start, starting to settle in, um, and I think, uh, sort of as you say, we're we're starting to see probably what he's really capable of, and hopefully, you know, we we build he builds a bit of confidence with himself. We have a good season. Um, we end up in the championship next year, and he carries on um, in the same vein, and then takes us up to the prem. How's that sound? <laughs> yes, it sounds pretty good to me. And and look, I mean, oh. I, I was sort of I was sort of trying to think of um, a favourite moment from him or a highlight from him. And, and to be honest, I really struggled to think of one particular moment. And and maybe someone, you know, anyone listening in, if you want to comment in in the uh, the comments of the video or anything like that on 
on some particular moments that stand out. But to be honest, I, I think in a way that almost highlights the fact that he's a little bit like um, David Myler was where when he's having a really good game, you almost don't notice him. And that's sort of the strength of his game is that he just makes that midfield click without kind of poking his head above the ramparts. And, and and I guess it's almost when he has a bad game, that's when he's noticed. And that's probably why he gets so many critics is is obviously a bad game is a whole lot more noticeable than a good game in the role that he plays. But I, I don't know, was there anything in particular that stands out for you other than, as you say, his set pieces and, and things like that sort of improving this season? Um, no, not really. And I think, as you said, like you compared him to, to David Myler and I'll try to think about David Myler. The only thing I can think of is getting headbutted by Alan Pardew. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Un- unfortunately. So, but look, I, I think the way he's going this year, I think if we would have have this conversation at the end of the season or in 12 months time, we might have uh, different answers that, I mean, that goal again on the weekend was pretty good. Um, nice run and a nice finish under pressure from not only defender, but the goalkeeper rushing forward. So, that could no, definitely. Good, that could could be a good memory come in a, in a few months' time. Well, look, it's you know it's interesting when you look at the fact that I think it was uh, Northampton and uh, Gillingham have basically their only losses of the season have been against us. I mean, Northampton were undefeated before we played them. Gillingham have been undefeated since. Um, so so yeah, the, the the goal against Northampton to seal the game is fantastic from him and, and really sort of highlights his importance in the side. And um, dare I say it, I mean Smallwood has started the season quite well as a captain, but if Honeyman continues in this vein, he, he sort of has that presence and, and you can see why he was um, captain at Sunderland and, and of course, on the weekend was had the um, had the armband in um, Smallwood's absence. Um, but speaking of Smallwood and speaking of players who've been absent, we'll, we'll look ahead at the Plymouth game now. And um, I think McGann was speaking today already. So benefit of having this podcast a bit later in the week is that we have team news um, out of the press conference. And it sounds like um, Scott has re-injured his ankle. I don't know if it's the same ankle or his other ankle, but um, looks like he'll miss on the weekend. But in more promising news, it looks like Eve Smallwood and even Wilkes are all back in contention um, for the game. I think I think Eve is definitely going to be in the squad. Um, I think Wilkes and um, Smallwood were a little bit more touch and go, um, but it's promising. It sounds as if we're starting to get a pretty full squad back together, which um, just makes more selection headaches. Yeah, look, I'm um, actually kind of keen uh, or excited to see Eve's. Um, yeah. At this at this level, and um, if he can replicate his previous form, um, well, then, he, he, uh, and we saw what he did in, in the FA Cup last season against League One opposition. So you know, if it's more the, more of the same of that, it's going to be exciting. Yeah, and I think um, he'll. I think with some of those creative players that we were talking about earlier, like Adela Kuhn, Honeyman now in a bit of form. Um, you know, if you if if Honeyman's whipping balls like that in on the week the weekend that he did for Keen Lewis Potter's goal, Eves will just he'll eat those every day, eat them up for breakfast. Um, nice balls into the box from Adela Kuhn will, you know, Eves should be all over those. So I'm I'm excited to see him back. Um, not that McGinnis hasn't you know done his job, but um, I was going to ask. I, I was going to ask, is it just essentially a straight swap for you of, of Eves in for McGinnis? Um, I, I probably would. Um, I don't. I think he worked hard, but he didn't. I don't really remember any definitive moments mm. from him or against Northampton, anyway. Um, but yeah, it's. I mean, depth is always good. Having a full squad is always good. Um, so if 
if they're all back in or one is or Eves say if Eves comes into the starting and the others are on the bench or if they don't make it I mean they're obviously close so um, yeah look I, I think we'll be in be, I think we'll be in for a good game on the weekend anyway and it's you know three games in a row now against promoted clubs um, Plymouth managed by Ryan Lowe who took over in June of last year and guided them to promotion from League Two so we've played all three promoted clubs in a row and, and hopefully can make it three from three and um, it, it's really interesting. You start to look at that table, and if we do get the win against Plymouth, you're really starting to see a gap already forming. Um, us, Ipswich, um, up the top of the table, um, as well as um, Lincoln, Lincoln as well. So you know, if, if we are to get the win against Plymouth, it, it sort of it, it's you know it's still incredibly early days, but four games undefeated would would start to put us in a pretty good position. Yeah, look, I think any time you can string wins together is great. But, yeah, just to, to get off to such a strong start, um, if you can go four, then, I mean, can you go five? Can you go six? You start yep. just wondering how far you can go. And um, I think and confidence breeds confidence. You know, the players will start to have that self-belief as well. Absolutely. I mean, we definitely saw the flip side of that last year, where um, we we couldn't buy we couldn't we couldn't buy a win if we tried last se- at the, towards the end of last season. But um, you know, we seem to we seem to be getting them. Uh, we've we figured figured it out we've got the formula at the moment so um we keep sticking keep keep with it and i think we'll um I, th- I think we'll just keep we'll keep getting points score prediction for this one another clean sheet and three points uh yeah i i, I see no reason why that would change uh let's another two nil Sounds good to me. Well, thank you for joining me this week, Dan, to uh, to look ahead to that game. It's it's a short and sweet one. We only have the one game, which is a bit unusual. The fixture's been quite congested at the moment, but um, the game against Grimsby was, of course, called off because of COVID reasons um, for next week. So we do just have the one game this week, and then we'll we'll be back again next week to look ahead to uh, Fleetwood Town. I think it is. Uh, yeah, I think that sounds about right. Uh, from what the city put out, I think about the games this month. I think Fleetwood's next, but we've got Saturday, quite Saturday a busy month. But yeah, quite a quite a busy month. I think we've got about seven games this month. So, yeah, so um, it's, it's nice to have a short and sweet start to the uh, to the month before it gets to to the confines. Yeah, but uh, look, it's been great to be on. Um, thanks for having me, and I'll no probably be back next week. <laughs> Potentially, yeah. Yeah, well, no worries. And and thank you, everyone, for listening in. Until next time, come on, City. You've been listening to the official Hull City Australia podcast. For more discussion, join us on Facebook in the Hull City AFC Australian Supporters Group or follow us on Twitter at Hull City AFC Oz. The music was created by Amber and Black. There's no turning back, cause you're out.